Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you from the Jim Plunkett Studio in the heart yes. of the downtown Severna Park Business District, Correct. on the bucolic western shore of Maryland, in the vicinity of the banks of the semi-historic Magothy River. You are listening to Maryland's most important political podcast, Maryland's best political podcast, right? you name it, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Griffiths, with me in studio. Great line. Yes. The band is back together. Good to be here. It's good to be here. By weeks, the way, but... can something, Brian, be semi-historic? We had a commenter this week ask that question. It's a joke. No, the answer is no. It's a joke. It's an inside joke. If you've been listening, you understand the reference. <sighs> Just like saying we're on the bucolic western shore of Maryland is, right. is a joke based on the intro of another show that was on this network years ago. Right, which was based on the bucolic eastern shore of Maryland. Right. These are the jokes, people. Yes, this is, it's it's lore. It's part of the show. You understand And you that. know you'll be able to learn more about that when we launch the History of Red Maryland podcast yes. exclusively on Patreon, patreon.com slash red maryland yeah. just for a dollar a month or more right you can get exclusive content like this and you will know the genesis of things like that and we also had a comment about the the opening theme to our show which has been the theme since we started the show in 2007 well, 2011 okay. i'm sorry well no it wasn't it wasn't always the theme uh okay we, started we changed off, early on yeah it was the first probably 50 episodes or so we right. had a different theme but all of the all of the music particularly the themes have no political nexus I, I see mean, what you did there. It's a good, you don't know you did it, but I see what you did there. They have no political nexus. Uh, they they we didn't choose it because you know, on this show we don't do that. Other shows on the network sometimes they try to make musical choices that fit into things they're talking about. Not this show. They're related to wrestling in ways that I don't even understand. Okay, so and explaining it to me yeah, isn't going to help. It's call, only going to make well, my now point. Now I'm going to make a point. Cult of personality. Right. CM Punk's most recent theme song. See? Okay. So the commenter the song, who said we were misusing that song, we did it because of some because of some wrestler used it. I mean, it's a good song. I like the song. Don't get me wrong. It's got the right energy to start the show. But it, we're not making a political statement with the theme. Um, sometimes you secondly, got Sometimes you got to pull the The song before that was also CM Punk's theme song. And CM Punk was the leader of the new Nexus, which is what I was talking about. You just made a joke. So there's that for the five of you. I'm listening. getting reports of breaking news, by the way, that um, state party executive director Patrick O'Keefe may be leaving the state party. Wow. Uh, this is breaking news. More to follow on that. Um, let's see if we can learn. He didn't throw his stuff out a window, did he? Because <laughs> that's the way some have exited in the past. Um, well, thank, um, thank you for the love in the, in the comment section. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that, guys. Appreciate All right, that. we do have a lot of serious stuff to talk about, not we just do. ourselves. Good win no, for mostly about ourselves. In fairness, we haven't been together for two weeks. So. That's true. If, if we're not going to swim in Planet Me, who was going to, right? Um, I'd say Lake Me, but okay, I get your point. Well, sure. yeah. It's, it's a liquid planet. It's a li- <laughs> <laughs> It's like... Please, never please do not psychoanalyze things, Brian. <laughs> Just yeah. wait. Just wait until I have a second kid. Just don't. Just think about that when you know. Remember back to those shows. I'm when, definitely not going to be had thinking a, when about that. I had that. a newborn, and now I'm going to have a newborn and a, and a toddler. What okay. could possibly go wrong? 
What did go right today, though, is we had a huge win for religious liberty. We did. Um, and we'll talk one. about this that with Peace Cross today. Yes. We'll talk about Democrats, man, they love to spend your money. They just want to waste money and give it away. Talking yes. Talking about the symphony, talking about the racing industry. Right. Um, we'll talk a little bit. I had a piece, my, my column in the Capitol dropped today. We'll talk a little bit about the budget here in Anne Arundel County. Uh, we may also talk about, if we get a chance to, we'll talk about Anne Arundel County is dropping valedictorians. Uh, and salutatorians. And, yeah, uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk we might talk a little about that. We're going to talk about digital license plates. We're going to yeah. talk about the Trump rally the other night. Maybe. We're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about our poll results. Our poll, poll results. results from that we will talk it's about. It's a jam-packed show. Got a lot of stuff. It's a jam-packed show. We'll it's so jam-packed, I haven't even opened my soda yet. Let me do that right now. He's but opening first, a soda. Talk about, let's talk about the Peace Cross. That's the breaking news um, Big earlier news today. today. Though obviously... Though it's obvi- something we've talked about for years. It's been yes, an issue for years. It has been an issue for years. And the Supreme Court, by a 7-2 to two decision, and let's not lose sight of that, by the way. It was a 7-2 to two decision right. with at least two of the very liberal justices. I believe uh, Justice Kagan was one of them. Yes, I don't remember who right. the other one was. Joining with the conservatives and saying Ginsburg. this is not. Thank you. J- Ginsburg. Yeah. Joining with the, the conservative majority. No, 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 no. Ginsburg was in the dissent. I thought you were naming the dissent. I was naming the people who were in the who were in okay. the uh, in the majority. No, Ginsburg was in the. Dissent. It was still a, seven, a hideous dissent. It's still a seven to two decision. Yeah, affirming yes. that the Peace Cross is not a religious monument and can stay on state ground. Greg, you're the lawyer. You tell us. I, I, I okay. Well, yes. It here's here's the issue. It's it's a good. It's a fantastic result. It's what needed to happen. It was the decision was a commonplace, a common sense. Excuse me, common sense decision. The, I, I think it's not as complete a victory as I think a lot of conservatives would like, because if you read the decision and I did take some time reading it today, it's unfortunately like a lot of decisions we get from the Supreme Court, especially over the last couple, three decades. It's kind of this mishmash of, of different opinions coming together. It's not as it's not a straight summation of the law as would be helpful in creating a bright line test for determining anti-establishment cases it's it's much more nuanced and subtle and and all this kind of stuff and and we don't have enough time in the show and i, I think our audience's eyes would glaze over if i got it too far into the details well, that's probably true but here's so a would se- mine quite honestly. here's okay well here's in, in some big strokes and we and we did tweet a link out and maybe we'll put a link in the in the show notes of today's show so you can actually go read the decision i encourage people to do that i mean go to supremecourt.gov and read the decisions. They're right there. You know, you don't have to read the newspaper reporting of it or the reports of it because everybody in the world's writing some blog post based on something somebody else. Go read the decision. It's a long, complicated, convoluted decision. The, the, the seven members of the court who favored leaving, who denied the challenge of the atheists um, to have this taken down, um, they were kind of in a couple different camps as to why. And that's really, and ultimately, as important as it is to save the the cross and where it is, the why is what's going to impact the next case and the case after that, and so on and so forth. That's how stare decisis works. You guys understand that. That's how jurisprudence works. There was a case that was decided, the court talked about years ago in, this, in uh, 1971 when I was born. Um, I was not born. I understand that. Uh, called Lemon v. Kurtzman, which established a rule for establishment. It really changed, fundamentally changed the jurisprudence of 
anti-establishmentism uh, in, in the way the Supreme Court was decided. To pull it out a little bit more, the First Amendment to the United States Constitution provides, in part, that there will be no establishment, Congress shall pass no law establishing a religion or, or um, interfering with the free exercise thereof. Okay, so there are two parts to that. There's a lot of other stuff in the First Amendment, but there's an anti-establishment clause and there's a free exercise clause. Okay, that that rule was applied to the state. The First Amendment was applied to the states, incorporated the states through the uh, words due process of law in the 14th Amendment after the Civil War. Okay, so this is why we're talking about it here, even though this particular peace cross is, is on federal land. It's the. It's whatever. That's no, state land. It's state. Well, but it's the capital area, whatever, who manages it. Not the issue. Here's the point. For most of our history, uh, putting a cross up on public land was not something that was ever viewed by any court anywhere as an establishment of religion. Okay. It was certainly not what the, the, the authors of the First Amendment would have understood to be an establishment of religion. The view on what is an establishment of religion changed in the early 70s with the Lemon line of cases that came after that. And one of the things the court had to deal with today was that you're dealing with a monument. And they've had all these other cases in the past that they talk about in, in this decision. And again, I'm trying not to get to it's kind of hard not to get too far in the weeds here. I'm trying not to. There were there were two members led by Justice Thomas and I think Justice Gorsuch was the other one, who wanted to simply overrule Lemon and say Lemon was a ba- badly decided case. We should get rid of that test that was applied there for establishmentism or a uh, violation of the anti-establishmentism clause and get rid of that and go back to the rule that we had prior to that. The majority was, there was not a majority to do that. Okay. So even some of the some of the more conservative judges weren't willing to go that far. So what we're left with was 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 this kind of rule where it was a more contextual, nuanced view of these kinds of statues. And one of the things, these kind of you know whatever you want to call them. So one of the things they looked at was the peace cross has been there since 1918. Okay, it's been there for over a hundred years. Long time. So you have to look at it in the context of what it's what it represents over time. You also have to recognize the fact that we don't have the people who put it up in 1918 available to testify in court about what their intent was in putting it up. Okay, that's a problem. And the court said, we're not going to try to guess what that is. We're not we're going to. And you also have to recognize that in 1918, there was absolutely no problem. No one would have challenged or would have would have even contemplated being able to successfully challenge the constitutionality of putting up this cross. Now, complicating this was that at one time it was on private land and then it got moved. And that that's a complicated part of the history as well. And and the majority decision ends up going through this kind of detailed um, um, discussion and basically saying, look, it rep- this, this cross represents more than just a religious expression. There were non-Christians who were included in, in those being honored by it. 
it was a way to honor the those who had fought. So it had a secular purpose and a secular um, reasoning behind it. And therefore, it is not um, an establishment of religion. Broad strokes. Okay, it's a lot more detailed, a lot more nuanced than that. So if somebody tried to put a peace cross up today, they would have to go through a different a different analysis than looking at a hundred year old statue that's been there by people who are that was put up by people who are dead is essentially what the majority came down with. The rule is not entirely clear. It is it is it is moving away from that lemon line of decisions, that kind of radical definition of uh, anti-establishmentism that's led to, you know, getting rid of prayer in schools and, you know, high school coaches being fired for leading prayers and, you know, before game and all this kind of stuff that's been viewed in modern times as as um, establishment of religion that a generation or two or three would have that would have been crazy from a legal perspective, not just from a you know cultural societal perspective. So it's a victory. It could have gone further, should have gone further. And I think it's interesting when we go for it. So it's it's a victory to keep the cross. Most Marylanders wanted to keep this cross. Most Marylanders recognized that this wasn't a religious symbol. It was a way to honor veterans and in a way that veterans had been honored. Taking it down was too radical a step and was not required. The vast majority of managers agreed with that. It's one of the reasons the governor was so behind it from the get-go. It's why there were bipartisan legislators from that area who submitted amicus briefs to the court in support of this. It's the re- And I think the court recognized that in its decision. I mean, you can't underestimate, and sometimes it's concerning when it happens, but you, you can't... Um, you can't underestimate that these are real people that are on the Supreme Court. A couple of them are from Maryland. Mm-hmm. More than a couple of them, I'm sure, have driven by this cross many, many times, are very, very familiar with the debate, right. and you know, go to church and hang around people and their families do that's going to be directly affected by, you know, if, if someone takes a sledgehammer and a wrecking ball to this, to this cross. So allow me, I need to break in here for a second. Go ahead. We do have breaking news. Oh. Uh, we have confirmation, an email obtained by Red Maryland while you were going through that. Uh, okay. Very All right. I'll go into the fantastic. dissent because I think the dissent yeah. is disgusting. Um, State Party Chairman Dirk Hare shared a staff change. It's a headline MD GOP staff change announcement. Patrick O'Keefe will be leaving for a new opportunity in uh, in Jul- mid-July. Okay. And the new executive director will be Corinne Frank from the Anne Arundel County Republican Central Committee. Wasn't that interesting? Current candidate for... Uh, Anne Arundel County Board of Education. So we'll, have to, we'll have to invite her on to the show. Uh, yeah, I'll see if she can come on. Uh, so, and best of week. luck. This is, you know, best of luck. These these executive directors who are who come and go. But, you know, he did a great job. While he, Patrick did a great job Indeed. while he was here. And we wish him well. And, you know, um, I'm sure we'll have more to say on that. All right, let me just touch on very briefly. And then we can go to break or change topics. Yeah, we'll go to break. Um, if you read the dissent from Ginsburg... It's Ginsburg and Santamayor, I think, and the someone will correct me if I'm wrong. It's grotesque. They, I have not read it, so um, this is all new to they me. They basically take the most radical position that you can take. That this is this is uh, this is absolutely an establishment of religion. That it doesn't matter what it intended to be in the past; it is that right now. They not only would affirm Lemon, they'd go much further. 
if 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 the if that dissenting opinion became if they got enough votes to make that the majority uh you'd be getting rid of crosses at every uh, every uh veteran cemetery that was on public land i mean you'd have to they would radically alter and require the the you know a lot of our history that's 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 placed on public lands or uh overseen by public uh, parks and things like that to be thrown down the memory hole um and it's it's a stark reminder of how important the people who sit on the supreme court are now now is it the biggest stakes in the world i think when we talk at redistricting and some other decisions that'll come down it'll have more practical which, effects on the day-to-day politics which but Greg, this, you did a fantastic job by the way i don't want to leave this you did yeah. a fantastic job talking about that with mike bradley on the show this morning yeah. and we're desperately looking forward that'll think, be a I topic think, one way or the other that'll be a topic on next week no show. i think i think we'll find out next week and but but i also think it's a i mean we'll continue to see this is one of those big when you want to talk about the actual culture wars that are going on this is a cultural war issue um, yes, an America definitely. where for a hundred years we've had a cross that honored people who died in the First World War that people have literally driven by, the vast majority of whom saw it as a as an inoffensive um, homage to the people who died to defend our freedoms in 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 France and Belgium during the First World War and one of the most horrific wars in human history, and. You have people in our country, including two members of the Supreme Court of the United States, who think it should be it should be torn down, right? And is a violation of the Constitution. Which, by which, the way, which, this, which hold on, go ahead. Which until 1971, at least, you couldn't even make an argument that that was the case, right? And let's not forget too. This is not the only monument that would be you know, that would be considered because look. If, if you've ever been, and Greg, I'm sure you've been to a veteran cemetery. Uh, we have right. many federal veteran cemeteries. Sure. Arlington National Cemetery, of course, being the most famous of these. And many, if not all, of the headstones at Arlington have a cross, a star of, of David, yes. um, a Muslim moon, um, whatever religious symbol you want. Right. Um, they have that. So under, under if... Under the logic of these humanists, these atheists, some of these Supreme Court justices, right. theoretically, you would then have to go in and desecrate the graves of all of these uh, service members. Well, I think it's problematic if it's on yeah. if it's on publicly held land. Uh, it, it's it's problematic. At the Certainly, at minimum, we're talking about just the federally controlled land. But you're right because it was like my grandfathers. Both my grandfathers are buried um, down at the Crownsville, the State Veterans Cemetery, right. and. You know, many of those graves also have religious imagery right. on it. And under the logic that the Democrats are saying is that you would not be allowed on any taxpayer land, basically, or any taxpayer-controlled area, to display any sort of religious symbol. Then that goes back into, okay, well, can you have a wedding? Can you say a prayer before a general assembly session? I mean, it's a yeah. far-reaching they conclusion. mentioned in in the decision, if you mentioned, and this will be the last point we can move on. They mentioned in the decision a case that that referenced the the crosses in the Maryland state flag that was upheld as constitutional, right? Um, you know, and those aren't even would, would, those aren't even have those don't even have a religious significance. That's well, they they, they kind of I mean, do. They kind of do, but they were found to be constitutional. But let's say, you, I mean, 
you're right. They had they also had a non-religious significance, but it's not like we can call up the Calverts and ask I'm them sure what those Calvert symbols meant somewhere. Well, he wasn't there when they made the the you know um, the heraldic symbol of their family. So, um, but it's interesting that you know how far ranging that would go. Um, it's still something that's shaken out. We've moved the pendulum back a little bit towards the middle, um, and you know. If Hillary had been president, who knows how that would go? If you know, if you get Bernie Sanders as president, who knows where this goes in a few years? So it's it's disturbing that they have that much influence. But this is a case that reminds us, even though it was a seven-two decision, um, I think that 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 uh, dissent is a really stark reminder of yeah. how radical that that jurisprudence has been and can still get. All right, well, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Um, we've 20 minutes into the show, and we've gotten to none of the things we said uh, this morning that we would talk about, which is Let's come back and do the poll results, and we'll get to the other things. How's that sound? That sounds like a perfect plan. Stick right. with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. We'll be right back. You are invited to the 2020 Red Maryland Leadership Conference, which comes at you on Saturday, January the 11th, 2020, from the Doubletree Hotel in Annapolis. Join us as we hear guest speakers, including Commerce Secretary Kelly Schultz, Delegate Kathy Shalega, Doug Mayer from the 2018 Hogan for Governor campaign. Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers from WBAL Radio. Maria Sophia, the chair of the Maryland Young Republicans. Ian Patrick Hines, Rory McShane, and a host of other fantastic speakers. This conference will help prepare the groundwork for your next election success and the success of conservatism across the state. Tickets are on sale now. The conference sold out in 2019, so you are not going to want to miss out on buying your tickets today. Go to RedMarylandConference.com to learn how to buy your ticket, your sponsorship, or your vendor table. That's RedMarylandConference.com. Go buy your tickets today for the 2020 Red Maryland Leadership Conference. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. I use it for the car. Because my stereo is busted. Did you know Red Maryland was on Patreon? By supporting Red Maryland on Patreon, not only do you support Red Maryland's efforts to grow the conservative movement here in Maryland, but you're going to get access to premium content, meet and greets, cool bumper stickers, and more. To support Red Maryland on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash redmaryland. Even $1 a month will help us grow the conservative movement in our state. And every dollar goes back into growing Red Maryland. That's patreon.com slash redmaryland, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash redmaryland. And thank you for your support. Turn your mic on. Turn your mic on. I did turn the mic on. There you on. go. There we go. Did you? I did. Did you? I did. Red Maryland Radio. I'm Brian. He's Greg. We've <laughs> Good to be here. Good to be back. Got a lot we of breaking news. We haven't had time to do this. In case you haven't heard it, first reported here at RedMaryland.com, Executive Director of the State Party, Patrick O'Keefe, leaving the Maryland Republican Party in mid-July. He'll be replaced by Corinne Frank from uh, the Anne Arundel County Central Committee and uh, currently a candidate for Board of Education. Trying to get, um, We're going to try to get Corinne on uh, either next week or, or sometime in the future to talk about that new opportunity for her. Um, I actually messaged her and said, hey, if you can call in tonight, hey, come on. But um, 
Okay. That would be that's a little much of an ask, but um, well, we, we, you there'll never be know. time. There'll be time. Once again, patreoncom slash Maryland. Please support us. You're going to get free stuff. You're going to get free content, exclusive content you that's can't right. get anywhere else. If you are a fan of Red Maryland, please patreoncom slash Maryland. RedMarylandConference.com. Uh, for the Red Maryland Leadership Conference in January. We are still working on adding more speakers. Oh, yes. Oh, we are working yes. on adding more speakers. Oh, we got some good ones. Some good ones are in the works. Yeah. I'm going to. May I have a point of moment of personal privilege, please? The floor is yours. Yes. Um, so, when we do the Red Maryland Leadership Conference, you know where this is going. Maybe. We, we use a rule. When, when Eric Erickson started the Red State Gathering and he's used it for the Resurgent Conference, right? there's a rule. We only want people to speak who want to be there. Okay? Uh, so yes. We don't, I, now I know where you're going. Yeah. Yes. So we don't pay people to show up. The people who came and spoke at last year's Red Maryland Leadership Conference were there of their own volition. We are yes. grateful, extremely grateful. We are very much so. For all of them. And for the people who helped us out, you know, with like Andrew and Jerry, Andrew Ro- Langer and Jerry Rogers and, and all those guys who helped us. And some guys like Rory year. were actually sponsors of the event. Right. Which and our is sponsor awesome. again this year. Yeah. Um, McShane LLC. Check it out. Check them out. If you are if you're running for something, check them out. Um, I mean, he was one of the one of the most popular speakers we had last year, and he was a huge sponsor. Right. I mean, he's a rock star to us. I mean, he's great. Right. And again, I've known the guy since he was chair of the Teenage Republicans 10-plus years ago. Well, keep those pictures because we um, need them. <laughs> the stories I could tell. Um, the point being, though, is the fact that we do not pay for speakers. Right. We're trying – our Correct. conference is designed to energize Maryland conservatives. That's right. Get ready for you know the next election and – Basically, make enough money to break even. Yes, okay? this is not a money maker for us or Red Maryland. Brian and I don't make a dime on it. All of our it's all volunteer. Everything we do at Red Maryland, and all right. the people who come do the same, and we appreciate that. Right. So we invite speakers from time to time. Yes, they may not necessarily be as familiar with our work. They may have more DC connections than than Maryland connections. We have done that. We've kind of and thrown a wide net. Yeah, well, wide Shot net for the moon. People you've heard of, people you haven't sure. heard of. Correct. And you know, we ask. We we're right. very we are upfront with people. We say, look, this is not a paying paying gig, um, right? You know, right. And it's not a fundraiser either. Not a fundraiser, right? So last week, a a I'm not even going to name their name because uh, most of the people listening probably most know people who they were. have no idea who they would be. Some people might. I don't know. Said, okay, well, my my rate's five hundred dollars. An honorarium. An honorarium of $500. Perhaps you could arrange for an honorarium from the student fund. <laughs> $500 to come speak on a panel, not like give an hour. That's right. It was a panel. That's right. It wasn't even in a... a panel discussion. Right. And by the way, we had fantastic people on the panel last year who were highly respected from great institutions who came and sat on a panel for an hour with three other, four other people. Right. And... We respond. I responded back very respectfully. You know, hey, that's not that's not what we're doing. You know, right. we can't we can't do this. Thank you for your time. I mean, no do, big deal. You, you can do the math. If we had to pay everybody who w- just showed up five hundred bucks, yeah, okay, we couldn't do that. Right. So later, it was drawn to my attention that this individual then yes. had the audacity to go on right. to Twitter and complain about the nerve of people. For inviting you to, to speak. 
at an event where, oh, you have to prepare and you have to do this and you have to do that. No, it takes time away from my business. Yes. Right. All, it, of all it of this takes time away from all of our businesses. Right. And the people coming, too. The people coming who are activists in the party and who are right. interested in, in being there, they're paying some money. They're traveling to, to Annapolis for this right. as well. And this, the audacity that then they didn't they didn't mention this by name, but the, the message was very clear. Right. And again, if people want to get paid for coming to speak, you know, if that's if that's their thing, you know, I, I this is my honorarium, this is my price, you know. An honorarium is somewhat disingenuous too. And we say, you know what, that we're not going to do that. Thanks for your time. No harm, no foul. If yeah. you want money and you're not going to come without money, and you know, and, and that's we don't come to an agreement. That's cool. You know, right. we can part ways. It's not right. a big deal. But then to be an entitled brat yeah. to go on to Twitter to complain about it. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, I mean, crazy. that just you know, I'm I'm very glad you're not coming. And look, our event that we're doing is this is because we are activists. That's who we are. That's what Red Maryland's about. That's what the leadership conference is about. It's by and for activists and people who are involved in the conservative movement to energize, inform, you know, discuss things that are going on. That's why I think people – that's why we sold out last year. That's why we had such great speakers. That's why we're going to have success again this year. There are other conferences by other institutions by that have money and raise money and do all that kind of stuff. We're not in that world. We're not – we have no intention of being in that world. And you know, we you know maybe it was us asking the wrong people, but you know I mean, and, and and we know that there are a lot of talking head commentator conservative types that don't walk into a room unless you stroke them a five figure check. Okay, I mean, and that's okay. I mean, Mark Nugent mar- named his son after Jonah Goldberg. Okay, but Jonah Goldberg's not going to walk into our conference without us stroking him a huge check, and he says that publicly. He's not shy about that. That's what he does for a living, right? So that's you know, not to say we didn't ask him, <laughs> right? And and I'm sure you know if his assistant responded to us, it was something to that effect. And you know he's not going to go on Twitter and complain about it Correct. because he's used to. I've heard him talk about it and kind of you know, hey, this is this this is what I do for a living, you know. But he's not a jerk about and it. And no harm, right. no foul. It's but when you go be a jerk about it. And by the way. I shared this with some people who are in the Washington crowd. Right. And they wanted to put this person on blast and work to make sure they never got another gig again. Well, that was the other thing. I mean, this person who we won't name, who wants the $500 honorarium, is somebody who's at the, like the lowest tier. You know? <laughs> we have it's somebody people, who's trying to we work. We have people higher on the Washington political food chain coming who are not getting paid for this. Yeah. Yeah, who aren't scraping around for 500 bucks. Anyway, you don't enough to- about that. It's going to be a great conference because we're going to have people who want to be there. And this is this is just right. the nonsense. Because that- we, respe- we respect our listeners. We respect yeah. our, our, our readers. We respect yes. our conference participants to not spend willy-nilly and try to jack the price up, you know, to ju- you right. know, to cover the costs. Right. So go go to redmarylandconference.com. Get your tickets. The sooner, the more tickets we sell earlier, 
I think is a little easier to get some of these folks who maybe aren't as familiar with us. The right. huge success we had last year makes it a little easier. Right. Because people know who we are. We know what this is about. There aren't a lot of conferences in Maryland where you can get in front of 250, 300 dedicated conservatives like this conference will be. So that's going to get a lot of great speakers. Already has. So that's not going to be a problem. If we can if we can say to it when these guys start doing their calendars, which we're still, you know, we're still seven months out from this thing. Yeah. Um, we get it. We probably are planning this, you know, planning this event. It goes more by quick in advance than a lot of people do. We know, but we get but the, but if you get your ticket, lock it in now. It helps us go to these folks. Say we've already sold X number of tickets. We're going to sell out this thing, and this is where you want to be, and get to them early where they're just making their calendar, and and hopefully we'll do that. That's right. That was the strategy we had last year. It worked. It'll work right. again. We hope. All right, End of sermon. I just, you know, that was the a, a a pet. Heave. Um, tickets, by the way, 50 bucks if you haven't already purchased a ticket uh, during the early bird um, That's right. session. And, um, you know, RedMarylandConference.com, all the information's there. Right. Now, let's go let's to our change poll. gears. Let's yeah. go to our yeah, poll. We've completely now deviated from let's go to our much poll the results entire here. format that I laid out yesterday. That's okay. But we did get our poll results 105 participants. Thank you to everybody who participated in our June poll. Couple of counties, you slacking. What is going on here? Dorchester. Dorchester. Garrett, Garrett. Kent. Somerset. Talbot. Come on, man. Wooster. Come on, man. I by know the way, by the way. It was summertime out there. Like half on. our participants were from Anne Arundel County and Baltimore County. Okay. Oh, well, I course. mean, thanks to those Which folks. makes sense, but come on, guys. That varies. That's interesting. Come on. You wonder where you get again, the there. most people, that is definitely a typo. Um, most people, again, about 12.4% are uh, not our Central Committee members. 87.6% are not. The age demographic, um, we are we are firmly, firmly yeah. trending a older yeah. demographic. Yeah, we, we have advertisers. A nice this is your audience, right? I'm telling you, we're like, oh, we're gonna get the call from like Blue Chew or one of those things. One of these I don't know why you keep going to that one. I don't know. I you know they I'm seem to advertise more like, everything else. So. I mean, we're almost into the jitterbug. Uh, well, you can't do that. Area. You can listen to Red Maryland Network programming <laughs> on a smart device. You can't listen to it to jit- on Jitterbug. It's true. Just saying. That's true. Okay. Um, yeah. There's there's some there's some crossover with the AARP group. Uh, yeah. In our list, which is fine. We love you. Love to have you. So if the Republican primary for president were held today, for whom would you right. vote? Right. Who are you going to vote for? Donald Trump got eighty five point seven percent of the vote. It's Just up a, a lot. It's up a lot from yeah. last month when Larry Hogan announced he wasn't running. Right. Bill Weld gets four point eight percent of the vote. I'm surprised it's that many. Put Red Maryland on his press list, but has still refused to agree to an interview. I don't know. Which is 9.5%. Oh, no. I I want that interview. That'll be fun. Okay. All right. Um, I'll let you interview. (laughs) Do you agree with Larry Hogan's decision not to run for president in 2020? It won't surprise you, but yes. Just so we're clear, he announced he wasn't going to run after last month's poll. Correct. So this is the first time we've had a chance to ask. Yes, at 96%. Yeah. Yeah. We all agree on that one. One was percent. by the way, that's as high a percentage for any question we've ever asked in any poll ever. It's pretty damn close if it's not. So anybody in the administration who was trying to tell him he should run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, get your yeah, resume. No in order. was one percent. Get your resume in order. No was one percent. So if the Republican primary for governor in twenty twenty two were held today, for whom would you vote? So yeah, no. we're a long way out, but he you know, Republic is a successor to Larry. No Hogan. surprise here, but Boyd Rutherford. Yeah, got twenty one. Still in the lead. Uh, 
Barry Glassman finished second, which surprised me a little bit, 8.6%. Spoke at last year's Red Maryland Leadership Conference. Indeed. Kathy Shalega spoke at last year's Red Maryland Leadership Correct. Conference. We'll be back this Speaking year. Speaking at this year's Red Maryland Leadership Absolutely. Conference. Got 7.6%. Uh, Andy Harris spoke at last year's Red Maryland Leadership Conference. was fantastic, and I hope he comes back and we'll give him more time because um, he deserved more time. Tied at 6.7% with Kelly Schultz. Speaking at this year's, this upcoming Red Maryland That's Leadership correct. Conference, six point seven percent. Big surprise. Robin Ficker got five point seven percent of the vote as a write-in. Well, you know, he's no, good I don't. At organizing know. people to write in on things, so that's good. I, um, you know, he's he's <laughs> good for him. Other write-in votes: uh, Warren Miller got two point nine percent. Kevin Leary one point nine percent. John Grasso, Clark Chadwick, Greg Klein. Yeah. Steve Hershey and David Smith got 1% of the vote each. The only other answer that was a non-appropriate answer was, doesn't matter, they won't win. Okay. Because there are still some Eeyores out there, the same people who said See, I don't know. Larry I Hogan couldn't win. I still remember those people. I still remember those people. I, I, I still remember our, our friend Mr. Murphy who said that a Republican will never get elected again in Maryland. It's happened twice since then. It's happened twice since then. Be fair, since Don like, said that a Democrat has not been elected in Maryland. That's true, and, and like you know, got elected easily. Yeah, just saying. So, anyway. we, speaking of Democrats and running for governor, so uh, who do you think the Democratic nominee is? It won't surprise you that Peter Francho got twenty six point seven percent of the vote. By the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that Peter Francho's bluster about his Alabama boycott certainly went down in flames, didn't it? It did. His dad also passed away. He did. So we did. should we, acknowledge we, that. Instead of we acknowledge that. that it did, he put it on delay, and then it got past the board of public works. And he voted for it. Yeah, I know. He voted for it. I know. Which, again, just goes to point out this was just a virtue signaling it, that's what maneuver. That's what it was. More so than we anything We had a friend else. of ours who knew a lot about the board of public works who used that term a lot, and it would apply here. Though I doubt he would apply it in this circumstance, but. It would apply. Angela also Brooks was second, but she she got way down below nine point five. The Prince George's County, Prince George's County Executive. Um, I mean, a lot of these at this point, obviously, is name recognition. Of course. So that's it's a lot of what this is. When it starts stuff. to change, that's when it'll start to get interesting. When we get closer, but right now, people know who the Lieutenant Governor is. People know who Peter Francho is in our audience and our poll participants. So that's what we're looking at now. So we got we started asking questions. We've been asking these for a while. Going into the election cycle, uh, would you consider running for Congress in 2022? 84.5% uh, said no. 8.2% said yes, which is which is interesting. You know, um, yeah. it's actually kind of high for the yes, in my opinion, but that's okay. Um, so would you consider running for a statewide office, for a legislative office, delegate or state senate? 26.8% said yes. 62.9% said no. Trying to get a, the folks who are participating here, are you willing to get involved as a candidate? Step up. We're asking these questions. Uh, how about a county office in 2022? Would you think about that? 18.4% uh, said yes. 66.3% said no. Indeed. And then how about board of, board of education? This is, this is something that's, you know, where you have elected boards of education, would you consider running for that? This is actually a much lower number, 6.2%. You know, people just don't find that sexy. Yeah. It's, but it's important. important. It's really important. They're the people who make decisions like eliminating valedictorians and salutatorians. Yeah. I mean, we literally in this poll had more people who said they were thinking about running for Congress than would consider running but for the But as we pointed out, everybody, everybody has this just 
I understand. Smith goes to Washington feel about running for Congress. And they don't talk about the Board of Education on Fox News, so people don't think about it as much as they probably should. Yeah. Uh, Central Committee, 16.3% said they'd consider running for Central Committee. 67.3% said no. Another one that people ought to be really involved with. Yes. If they're thinking about that. Important. Now, um, so we have we had some gu- gubernatorial vetoes since our last show. Yes. Since our last poll, I should say. Our last poll. So do you agree with the governor's veto of the handgun permit board bill? 78.8% said yes. I want to know who the 7.1% that said no. Yeah, that's I mean, a, What is up with that? What, yeah. Why are you even reading <laughs> us if you believe that the governor should have, oh, yeah. who are these should, should have let the bill pass without his signature? Yeah, we should pass their names along to now, certain groups. Now, we okay. then asked questions this about, is a two, different one. about two bills that the governor did allow to become law without his Two things that first, we disagreed with the governor. Right. The first was, do you agree with the governor allowing HB 1272 regarding abortion funding to become law without his signature? 11.5% said yes. 65.6% said no. Yeah. 22.9% said maybe. A lot of maybe there, too. But okay. Right. All right. Do you agree? Next one was, do you agree with Governor Hogan allowing the styrofoam ban to go into effect without his signature? 20.4% said right. yes. 69.4% said no. 10.2% said maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Again, uh, I mean, we talked about this. It's interesting to get the feedback from the audience. You generally agree with our kind of take on that, which is good. So then we ask you, will you attend the 2019 Tall's Clam Bake, which is July 17th? Yes. July 17th. Um, 18.8% of you said you will. So if, if we're down there, we'd love to see you down there. 59.4% are sure they have something better to do than sweat their butts off in a parking lot in Southern Maryland or on the Eastern Shore. Um, <laughs> and we've gone before. We have. And, and it is. It's hot. It it's is hot. hot. It is hot, and it is very unshaded unless you're in Bruce Barriano's tent. You're right. Don't get me started on that. All right. <laughs> so that those were our poll questions. Thanks to everybody who responded. Now we have the open-ended question. We always want to just get your feedback. And as Greg calls it, the... Comedy unloading zone. Thank you. So we ask questions. We kind of want to get some specific information, some background information, kind of take the temperature of the people who are voting in our poll. But we want to give you a chance to tell us what you think. Maybe maybe we're missing something. Maybe, you know, uh, whatever. And it usually provides a great deal of entertainment to read them. And so here we go. Here we go. What else do you want to tell us, Brian? You can start. I was really looking forward to voting against Rhino Hogan, R-H-I-N-O, in the right. primary. They use Rhino Hogan. It's spelled like a proper name. I assume they mean the presidential primary. I, um, I have to assume, but you know how sometimes <laughs> this stuff flies. Larry Hogan for president 2024. Hogan is a tote, T-O-A-D-T. I don't know what that is. It sounds negative. Hogan should have been a man and signed those bills or veto them. He just didn't care about the people. He should have he should have signed or vetoed them. I, I think he cares, but you know, I it's I don't agree with the decision either. Hogan or whoever needs to release my two A rights. See, it's not whoever. I mean, it's not just up to the governor. Right. If you don't know who the whoever is, you you need to, you know, that's part of your problem. You need to know who it is. Brian, you need a I'm addressing this to Brian, but commenter did not you need to add a female voice to your team okay 
We're not opposed to that. We've talked. We've had. So folks- yeah, this is the thing. You can't just hold a gun to somebody's head and say, "Hey, you're on the team now. Do a show." Yeah, not yeah. in the era of Me Too, at least. No, um, not even before the era of Me Too, really. <laughs> but we we we've talked with people. We'd love to do that. Hasn't worked out. I mean, we've had we've had female voices in the past. We're not opposed to doing that. Of course so, not. Of course. If not. you are suggesting you yourself, send us an email. Redmaryland at gmail dot com. That's right. We need true Republican representation in Annapolis, not the rhinos that are running things now. No more funding to the city of Baltimore until they clean up their T-H-E-R-E act. Okay. Well, you know, the governor has, has sectioned off some funding that was intended for the city of Baltimore, and you see the political flack he's getting. Maybe you do. Um, you know, I don't know who the rhinos are that, that I mean, I, you know, part of the problem is you want true Republican representation. You got to get them elected. Yes. It's not just enough to say I we need real concern. You got to get them elected, and that's why. So if you if you show me the math on how you can get them elected, I mean I'm I'm right there with. And you. again, this goes back to our point: why we get so frustrated, right? When certain people bang pots and pans and make ruckus instead of right. actually doing work. You got to win elections. You got to get conservative. You got to get the most conservative person elected. I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, now, this person says, please help Baltimore City. We need help. So we should get those two commenters together. Well, I mean, I think that that's, that's more along the lines of how much how bad off Baltimore City right. government is more than anything else. Right. Board of Ed elections will be in 2020 in my district. Okay. You can vote then. It's a big state. We're covering the whole state, so that's fine. Uh, Brian and Greg's take on the NBA finals. Go. I don't watch the NBA Finals. That'll be a shock. I'm glad it was somebody else, but, you know, whatever. I consider myself a conservative, but I get so frustrated at how so many conservatives tout freedom and liberty, yet want to dictate what other adult citizens practice and believe, A-N, believe. Whenever we get a conservative in the White House, they start attacking anyone that supports freedom of choice. I, personally, don't support the act of abortion, but I don't feel I have a right to impose my beliefs on others. Freedom and liberty go both ways. There should be limits on abortion, decided by others than me. But dictating personal biblical morals on others is contrary to the intent of our forefathers. You know what also is against the intention of our forefathers? Murdering kids! Yeah, look, I, the, our, the people who founded this country had abortion as being illegal, and they believed that it should be illegal, and it was not a violation of the Constitution. They didn't believe in a, in a right to privacy that encompassed a right to um, kill your unborn child. Uh, they believe what they did believe in and profess in the Declaration of Independence is a right to life, number one, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Um, it's not an imposition on others to say you can't kill another human being. Um, if you believe having an abortion is no different than a woman getting her hair cut because another human being is not involved, then I can understand why you get frustrated and see it as some sort of, you know, Bible thumpers like Brian and I trying to impose some sort of weird biblical morality on people but in our view and in the in the conservative view of most americans from the beginning of the founding of this republic killing an unborn child was killing another human being is killing another human being and it is a violation of that human being's uh right to life period so it's completely consistent with conservative political values on a secular rational basis to outlaw the killing of other human beings in order to promote uh, the right to life for yeah. all human beings. Yes. 
Well said. Thank you. You're welcome. I do not. I do not want my state slash any counties in Maryland to be sanctuary state slash county. Trump. Politicians suck. <laughs> Ignore the fact that Trump's a politician. Well, otherwise, he, your logic goes away. Unless I'm you're saying sure log- Trump is a politician and politicians suck. Okay. Lots of fraud on our systems. Okay. There's definitely some. No question about it. The last two years have had excessive rain. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Hogan's a wimp. Started out as a businessman. Ended up a rhino. Everybody wants to have that H in rhino tonight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, if you're using it as a Republican in name only, you drop the H. Whatever. We need a strong conservative to run Maryland. Tell me who you can get elected as a strong conservative to run Maryland. And, you know, we'll be happy to support him. Candidate workshops would be great to help develop our A-R-E, next generation of leaders. Yes. Perhaps, say, a leadership conference held annually in Annapolis in January at the Doubletree Hotel. Say it's on January the 11th, 2020. Yeah. Say that you can buy tickets now at redmarylandconference.com. And they, but I'm just saying. And we have promoted workshops, and there are workshops, and we agree with you. Governor Hogan should be encouraged to run for Congress or the Senate in 2022. Well, he's not. And I don't. And I've, I've said this for months. No, not, Brian's Brian's absolutely right on yeah. this. He's not a he's not a legislator. He's no. not doesn't have that mindset. And I don't think he'd be happy doing it. Could he Could he get elected? Yeah, probably. Would he be better than the the people we have in there now? Um, unless he's running against Andy Harris, yeah. But is he going to be? The, but he's not going to be the strong conservative in the U.S. Senate. No. So I mean, would would you trade Chris Van Hollen for a you know? Uh, a Lisa Murkowski or a Jeff Flake or a, who's the one from from Maine? Susan uh, Collins. Susan Collins. I would. Of course you would. But a lot of you out there wouldn't. And that's probably what Larry Hogan would end up being. And he wouldn't be very happy doing that. I share my opinions on public affairs by email several times a week with multiple recipients, including Red Maryland. Stay tuned. Yeah, you can you can save us your email. OK, post it on your Facebook page. That's fine. Get you, a blog. Yeah. I mean, it's 2019. You're you're mass emails about your political thoughts come on we're, we're not interested also <laughs> also we can there are settings that you can just send oh no us. we know he's blocked we're not yeah. interested in that yeah um and he didn't tell us who we were in case people wanted to sign up for your email newsletter but you can uh, sign up for red maryland's newsletter go to redmaryland.com slash on yeah. uh, click on the subscribe link and you can have the best of red maryland delivered to your inbox every week thousands do uh, Maryland needs to allow concealed carry. Yeah. No, okay. We know. We know. Not happening. Wish it would. I think Hogan is playing to the Democrat Party. Was he ever a true Republican? Can't support him. He never supported Trump. Okay. All right. Whatever. I mean, the ship has sailed. He's not running again. So yeah, I, people just again people get was he so, ever a true Republican? People get such boner for national stuff and for Trump without. Focusing he was on governor. Stuff he was a Republican matters. who was successfully elected governor before Trump. When Trump was still a Democrat. Yes. So, whatever. But you're the real conservative. I get it. Yeah. Raiders, Hard Knock, special Red Maryland miniseries? Please say yes. No. We're uh, not, not going to follow the Winnipeg Raiders this, this year? Hey, 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 hey. They're playing one preseason game in Winnipeg. Don't go crazy. Board- I'm definitely going to be watching, but I don't think anybody wants a miniseries about that. Board of Ed elections won't be in 2022 for AA County. They'll be in presidential election years. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. We know. Okay. There, yeah. there are other things going yeah. on. I just want to check our yeah. comments yeah. as we're going along here. Um, um, go ahead. Well, look, has Gov one. Hogan done enough to help grow the Maryland Republican Party? 
Uh, I, I think he can always do more, but he's done a lot. I mean, if you look at where the party was before he became our nominee in 2014 and where it is now. Right. I mean, light, night and day difference. Money, right. staff, um, ability to support candidates. Is it enough? You're going to get some complaints about how the last election was handled, especially for candidates down ballot and yeah. and maybe some kind of you know overreaching top down kind of thing. If you went to our of our leadership conference last year, you heard some of that discussion. Yeah. So is it enough? I'll leave it to you. But we literally, as a party, could not pay our rent and our electric bill before Larry Hogan came along. And that's just the sixty five thousand dollars in debt at one point. Yeah. And now. We can do a lot of things. So, yeah. If he's not done enough, he's done more than anybody else has in a long time. Your stance on abortion is pretty terrible. Abortions aren't going anywhere. Make it safe for women. Jesus. You know, just point out, it's certainly not safe for the half of unborn children who are women, yeah. half of which, you know, 180,000 of which women are, are killed every year legally right. of the 360,000 or so the 50 plus million illegally aborted since uh right and there's a lot of untruths in the idea first off it's not going to change in Maryland even if the supreme court changed whatever we understand that we would we would like to see a change uh there's a lot of myth in the reporting about you know how unsafe it was before Roe came along and and the, a lot of that stuff's been debunked as well right gabriel is one of only two angels named in scripture his ministry seems to be that of mercy and promise. We know that he appeared to Daniel, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, as well as to Mary, the mother of Jesus. He is called the angel of the Lord in Luke 1. So there you go. Always some nice biblical reference we can count on from you guys. I'm relatively new to Maryland politics, so I'm still catching up. Good questions on this poll, though. Gives me some places to start looking. There you go. There you go. And Thank you can you. keep looking at redmaryland.com and a great place to look and to learn. Yes. Will be the Red Maryland Leadership Conference, redmarylandconference.com. Check it out. All right. You want to take another break and come back and do a little more? Or Let's do, do a little to? more after the break. We still got all sorts of stuff to talk about. We don't have to talk about all of it. Some of it. Stick with us. You're listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. We'll be right back. You are invited to the 2020 Red Maryland Leadership Conference, which comes at you on Saturday, January the 11th, 2020, from the Doubletree Hotel in Annapolis. Join us as we hear guest speakers including Commerce Secretary Kelly Schultz, Delegate Kathy Shalega, Doug Mayer from the 2018 Hogan for Governor campaign, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers from WBAL Radio, Maria Sophia, the chair of the Maryland Young Republicans, Ian Patrick Hines, Rory McShane, and a host of other fantastic speakers. This conference will help prepare the groundwork for your next election success and the success of conservatism across the state. Tickets are on sale now. The conference sold out in 2019, so you are not going to want to miss out on buying your tickets today. Go to RedMarylandConference.com to learn how to buy your ticket, your sponsorship, or your vendor table. That's RedMarylandConference.com. Go buy your tickets today for the 2020 Red Maryland Leadership Conference. Whoa, quite exciting. Quite exciting, this computer magic. Whee! Did you know Red Maryland was on Patreon? By supporting Red Maryland on Patreon, not only do you support Red Maryland's efforts to grow the conservative movement here in Maryland, but you're going to get access to premium content, meet and greets, 
cool bumper stickers, and more. To support Red Maryland Patreon, go to patreon.com slash redmaryland. Even $1 a month will help us grow the conservative movement in our state. And every dollar goes back into growing Red Maryland. That's patreon.com slash redmaryland. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash redmaryland. And thank you for your support. Zwoele zomerhits. Klopvaste actua. De leukste cadeaus. Donna. The sound of summer. I love technology. Love it. We really need to go through our sound clips, man. Yeah, forget <laughs> it. Not what I thought it was. Not what I intended it to be. Uh, we still have some of this vestigial stuff from like when when Nugent was on the vestigial. show, and Langer, and it was a deep cut in our soundboard. Which, yes, whatever. Right. Not what I thought it was. That's what she said. Did she say that? Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry. So, what do you want to talk about after that awesome, <laughs> awesome segue from break? We had a nice, we had a nice bumper coming in. With Everything a nice was great, and, and a good bumper music would have launched us boom, right into a goes the dynamite high tempo. Segment, Except instead, not all of a sudden. We're but not, instead, you got this. So yeah, you know, all of a sudden, you just get us talking about stuff. So what stuff do we does. want to talk about? What do you want uh, to go with here? Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Like, right. Let's talk about the Trump rally. I didn't even watch the. Me Trump neither. Rally. Talked about that. Done. Okay, done. Check. Check that off. All right. He's running again. I'm going to vote for him. I'll leave. He's him running home. again. There you go. Let's talk about this though, because this relates to state. Oh and local yeah. Politics. This this is this is disconcerting for a number of reasons. Uh, this is from the Capital Gazette, which Brian writes for. Daily license plate. Uh, digital license plate. Daily plates. license plate. It's like contact lenses, just disposable. Digital license plates could be coming to Maryland. This is from Colin Campbell. Digital license plates could be coming to Maryland. 20 Maryland Vehicle Administration vehicles. Maryland and, Motor Vehicle. Yeah, thank you. And two, just keep going. I'm just going to keep going. Two Maryland Transportation Authority vehicles will be outfitted with license plate size LTE connected electronic displays from Silicon Valley based tech firm Reviver under a two year pilot program. The first on the East Coast, and officials announced on Tuesday. If the program extends beyond the test phase, the digital plates, currently legal only in Arizona, California and Michigan. By the way, is that a motley crew of states to be doing it's something an like this or not? It's an interesting combination. Yeah. Eventually could replace the current sticker-based system of vehicle registration renewals by automatically updating digital decals. The digital plates also could be updated to display, for example, prominent messages such as stolen, expired, uh, said M- or expired, said MVA Administrator Chrissy Neiser. We're just really starting out trying to see operationally, does it make sense, Neiser said. We think it has some has a lot of great applications. We have to play with the technology and see how it works. Each year, the MVA spends an average of nearly $500,000 to order and mail registration stickers to Maryland drivers. The stickers are valid for two years. They're around $0.20 cents or $0.18 cents a sticker, Neiser says. Half our customers are getting stickers every year. Because uh, it only lasts two years. You get the idea. Operators of commercial fleet vehicles are an initial target market for the technology, Neiser said, due to its ability to notify them when a vehicle's registration expires and GPS locators uh, and, and GPS locators to help find the car, truck, or bus in a crowded lot. The state does not plan to track the plate's location, she said. 
If they are more widely adopted, digital plates are a way of potentially making the registration renewal process more efficient and time-saving. We're excited about the digital plate pilot and the potential of the technology to pave the way for additional customer convenience. Reviver says its plates also display amber and weather alerts, track mileage, and stolen vehicles, and offer other features. Our plates, as Reviver calls them, sell for $349 plus a $299 per month or $499 plus $699 a month, depending on the features. The company pitched the pilot program to transportation officials and is providing the state with the initial 22 R plates for free. So, so you keep going from there. Um, but the key here is uh, GPS locators. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a couple different things in here. One, track mileage. Yeah, tracking mileage, GPS locators, and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. So basically, they're going to stick a low jack on everybody. Right. And they can find you anytime right. they want. Right. Also. Right. Also. And not just find you, but keep track of you. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, Democrats have pitched this idea in the past right. about um, about mileage taxes. Yes. Okay? Democrats have pitched this idea before. One of the reasons why that, that hasn't gone anywhere so far is because there's no way to do it. They just do not have the technology. That's well, part of the reason. I mean, now there the, is the technology. There is some pushback on the idea of people tracking you. Drive, our friends at the Conduit Street podcast talked about this uh, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, they don't seem to be as hung up about it. They acknowledge some people had some privacy concerns. Um, you know, I know our friend Justin Reedy is one of the people who introduced legislation to keep this from ever happening. Right. Obviously, if they wanted to do it, they could just pass another bill. Right. But at least express the the, the opinion of the because it would there was some talk about it as a pilot program within the transportation department under the O'Malley administration if if memory serves. And this was a way for the legislature to say, no, we don't want anything to do with this. Don't need to test it. Don't need to do whatever. And now look, I'm not naive, okay? Because right. look, every single one of us carries a gps tracker yeah. with us and we do absolutely no question okay. about it everybody sure almost except for those people with jitterbugs greg was talking about earlier right. everybody has a gps tracker and if the police want to find you they'll get a warrant and figure out where you are based on again. your gps tracker so we're, this yeah. isn't this isn't naivete but again right. one there's a difference between i'm carrying this voluntarily right. versus if i want to exercise my right to drive i need to carry this yeah and Two, have a government issued one that's automatically connected 24 hours to the government. Right. Right. Two, again, the issue of taxes. Mail me the stickers. Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. This, this gets even worse than that. So this is, this is, we're talking about an issue that's already got a solution in other states. There are states like, I believe, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, right. that just don't mail stickers to people anymore. The information, whether or not, when they pull you over, Okay. Right. The cops already run your plate. They know whether you've got expired tags or not. They know whether or not, based on, you know, whether the vehicle has been reported stolen, you know, whether that vehicle belongs, you know, that plate belongs to a stolen vehicle or not. On top of it, this thing's going to cost minimum $399 a piece and then $2.99 a month. Right. Guess who's going to pay for that, Jack? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, who else could pay for it? Right. 
Because now, you're gonna, so now it's going to cost minimum $399 for a plate and $36 a year just to keep the things connected to the network online, what have you. Right. So to, you're talking ostensibly about... Ostensibly, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Ostensibly, it'll save 20 cents in mailing a sticker, which, as you point out, let's just stop having the sticker. Well, it's a cost, they said it costs a million dollars, basically, over every two years. $500,000 a year. Right. We can save that money by just not mailing the damn sticker. Yeah. How This isn't rocket science. Yeah. The governor needs to put just pull the plug on this now. I mean, this is just I, the fact. It's, they want to do a pilot program for state vehicles. Fine. If they want to give the option, um, if they want to, you know, run, you know, because look, state employees driving state vehicles do not have an expectation of privacy. That's correct. Um, that is correct. You know, I'm not a lawyer, but I know that. And you know, you don't have an. They don't have an expectation of privacy. Right. But even if you go do it, you know, we had um, Sam in the comments talked about, you know, like commercial fleets and U-Haul and stuff like that. But now you're talking about, does a U- somebody renting a U-Haul have an expectation of privacy? Well, I mean, I mean do they, they? I don't know. Well, I can they tell know you they don't own I, the truck. But. Well, but, I mean, the point being is the fact they're renting a truck. Do they have an expectation of privacy if they rent a truck from somebody? That they don't have a digital license plate that's tracking their whereabouts while they are in that truck. I don't know. It, it does raise some issues. And and again, if it were a voluntary system, maybe you could maybe you could right. make. And by the way, the company sells these, so U-Haul could go ahead and buy these things if they wanted to. Right. The state of Maryland doesn't have to issue them. Um, I mean, of course, this company would love for the state of Maryland to require every driver in Maryland to have these things because they'd make a buttload of money and. You know, it. there's just, it's, for, just reading this article, the concerns about the, the, the bad stuff that this could be used for is much worse than the benefit that the MVA or the Maryland Transportation Authority is suggesting they could get out of this. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're right. The technology exists. I can, I can go on right now, like many of you, I'm sure, I have an app on my phone where I can find, if my wife's driving home, I can see where she is and how fast she's going. Right. And but she could do the same for me. You voluntary, you know. And you're right. Else. If law enforcement wanted to get at that, it, again, it's the phone. It assumes it has it in my car, and maybe the cars have something if you have GPS, whatever, in your car. But it's not automatically linked up. It's right. not a. It's not a government-imposed system. Right. And it's certainly not one that's being used currently for the state to tax your mileage. Right. Which, as Brian points out, if you have this in place, it's real easy just to flip a switch and suddenly have a lot of money pouring into the state. Right. Which, when you have structural deficits and you have debates over transportation policy and you want to jack up spending in all kinds of areas, becomes so great a temptation that any privacy concerns will go out the window real quick with this General Assembly. Yeah. So this is a camel that we don't want anywhere near the tent, let alone getting their nose under it in any way. So. Right. Yeah. But it's just this. This is just this is just bad news all around, and we we don't we don't need this kind of pain. This is. I mean, in look. Our lives. Uh, maybe it goes nowhere, but this is the. F- if it ends up being adopted, this is the first step along the road. Yeah. I mean, if people want to do this, they can do this. That's fine. Right. But even I don't even like the idea of the state making an option because once you make it an option, it becomes very easy to make it mandatory. Right. And oh, by the way, um, not only I'm sure and again, I'm spitballing here, Greg, right. 
but I'm sure that you know the, the the state has a desire to go to cashless tolling. Okay, whether that's by sure. you know whether that's by you know Easy Pass. I mean, right. I have an Easy Pass. I think you do too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had Easy Pass for years. Right. Um, again, it saves a couple of bucks. Yeah, you know, or they're talking. You know, or depending with, on how much you go some, over, with sure. some of these. Um, you know, or with some of these that are they'll self you know, pay by plate, they'll pay by mail, whatever. So the the rationale is going to be cashless tolling everywhere, right? Mileage tax. That's what's going to happen if we go this way. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is. And again, cashless tolling is great, um, but not at the expense of privacy, you know, civil liberties, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, this is the same people who who complain about the Russians and complain about Facebook having all your info are the same people who would love to see this. Yeah, I don't it's know absurd. if it's the same people, but it's a bad idea because yeah. be, because we know that there has been some expressed desire. And again, it's fascinating to listen to our friends over the Conduit Street podcast, um, who, who I recommend you listen to. Um, they would probably not give a reciprocal recommendation, but that's okay. Um, they talk about this like, oh, we talked about it and some people had problems, but hey, man, they see the dollar signs. Of course they do. Because they represent government who sees the dollar signs in this. And when you talk about how do we, and they had a long, in-depth, very wonky discussion, if you're into that, these are the guys to go to, about how we fund transportation in the state. Right. And one of the ways to get around some of the, you know, there's pluses and minuses to a gas tax, to user fees, all this kind of stuff. And one of the, one of the, um, options that you have is if if you think of a gas tax as a user fee well a direct user fee would be taxing people by the mileage they drive right so it it makes sense except that in order to do it the government's going to have to be able to track everywhere you drive all the time and by the way the taxes will be higher and it'll just be an additional tax grafted onto the gas tax we already have right it's funny listening to them last week and i don't want to hype on them too much but they were complaining because uh, we were were losing um, tax, we're losing gas tax money because more and more people are driving more fuel efficient cars. At the same time, we're giving thousands of dollars to encourage people and tax incentives to drive more fuel efficient and hybrid cars. And that's Maryland policy in a nutshell. They complained about that. And then suddenly we realized, well, hey, gas tax receipts are going down. So now we, so now what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just, you know, get rid of the, I don't know, but the government's got to get theirs. So we got to make sure the government's coffers are full. How about you spend that gas tax money on roads instead of siphoning it off for public transportation, which is something they acknowledge is an issue. Yeah, no, I agree. But anyway. um, real quick, I just want to talk about this because I've, I've written about symphony funding I don't know what your yeah. thoughts are on this. Well, I think it's. I think you wrote a great piece about about. Okay, all right, take it easy, Skippy. Um, you wrote a great piece about the Democrats gaslighting about the the budget. Yeah, and so this this goes into an area. The government has kind of the governor has has set aside some spending, some uh, you know that the Democrats wanted to to spend on air and they're complaining that the governor is holding money for the city and he's racist and everything else. And you get the crazy people like Barry Raskovar that says he hates black people in the city and all this kind of nonsense. Barry Raskovar. You, you, you go to read there, go read that piece. Yeah. God, um, that guy. But then you look at, you know, the way the, the way the budget works in Maryland is the governor pr- proposes a budget, 82% of which is mandated spending from the legislature anyway. 
the legislature can't then add to it. So in order to move money around, they got to cut it from somewhere and put it someplace else. And this money that the governor's not spending, that he doesn't have to spend just because the, the legislature made these changes, was money that was predominantly, like 80% of the money, came from the underfunded, um, um, uh, what about the employee pension pension fund, thank you, uh, and the rainy day fund. Yeah. So the governor said, I'm not going to spend that. We don't. We have unfunded pension liabilities. I'm not going to spend eighty million dollars of that money, and we need money in the rainy day fund because we've got a structural deficit and we've got, you know, we've got you know revenue projections that aren't that great going forward and the potential recession in another year or two. So, and the rest they cut from higher education and, and programs the governor had to um, expand. You know, support what the the president's doing as far as. Um, um, enterprise zones and things like that and tuition relief that the governor wanted to do and it's all very political right and part of that you know we talk about how we don't have enough money to do all these things we talk about how the democrats want to spend four billion dollars a year more on k-12 through education okay which is a 10 percent increase in state spending just for that there's not enough money now, the, the, they had this Kerwin subgroup that's working on how they're going to raise our taxes that started meeting today. I've got another piece at redmaryland.com about that. Um, but why are we spending money, and why do the Democrats still, at the time where they're scraping everywhere to try to come up with money to fund Kerwin and taking money away from underfunded pension liabilities to throw to their constituents in the city, why are they still trying to get another $2 million for the the BSO yeah. or the or for the city of Baltimore for, for the that pre- dilapidated yes. racetrack there? Right. The governor's doing the right thing and saying no to all of this. And on top of it, let's make this perfectly clear, too, okay? Greg made a lot of excellent points about Thank you. the budget situation that the Democrats have put us in. Yes. But even if the budget were splendid— it is not the role of government to throw good money after bad right. at a dilapidated racetrack. Yes. Or a good racetrack or any racetrack. Right. It is not the government's responsibility to bail a symphony orchestra out from its, mis- from its mismanagement. It is not the governor's responsibility to throw money at a symphony that has an overpaid unionized workforce. Yeah. That if they they're that concerned with their pay, go find a job someplace else. Right. And, and by the way... It's not the governor's job. It's not the role of the state government. And the fact that Democrats think it is the role of state government is the problem. And it's why we always need more and more taxes, because you have this over... And by the way, I would, go, I would go further, Brian. I'm sure you would agree with me. We don't need to subsidize uh, major league sports teams. We don't I need agree. to subsidize... You know, uh, I'm on record. We don't need bond bills for the local pet, the local and petting the zoo. Bills. Yeah, um, we it's don't a culture of spending, and it's a and it's been disaster. You know, if we don't have enough money for roads, schools, and prisons. Why are we spending money? Well, public safety, general, or public. You know, but those those basic capital improvements that we have to have. Yeah. Okay. That government has to. We have to have a public education system. We have to have roads. And, and transportation infrastructure. We have to have a public safety infrastructure. We have to have clean water. We have to have all this kind of stuff going on. All of those are not being fully funded, according to according to Democrats and according to a lot of other people. 
Um, we have we have serious traffic problems we're trying to deal with. The governor's trying to deal with. Why are we spending? And it, by the way, I wish I could say it's just Democrats. It's not. It's Republicans oh, too. Not. Yeah, who it, want you know who want the new who want a bond bill for the for you know um, the local Kiwanis Club scoreboard or whatever. You know the 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 local. And I know they're nonprofits, and I know all that kind of stuff. But it doesn't when, matter. When do we have it the priorities? Matter. You know. We can't afford to subsidize a symphony orchestra when you have to when we're talking about massive tax increases because we don't have enough money for school construction. Right. I mean, you, you have to have priorities. You know, when you have massive traffic issues that you're trying to deal with and you're talking about, you know, trying to find more money to subsidize that, we've already robbed the localities of what they were supposed to get. At that juncture, I'm not growth. caring about how much the bassoon player makes. Right. Okay. I mean, why are we? Why are we? Why are we subsidizing public broadcasting? We shouldn't be doing that. I mean, the Baltimore Sun has said in the years past we shouldn't be doing the BSO. By the way, already gets millions in subsidies. They've got a seventy-two million dollar endowment. If they management sucks at their job, dissolve it and start over. Whatever. But not a penny more of state dollars should go to this. It's ridiculous. And we shouldn't even. We are not. The state government is not in the art supposed to be. It is should not be in the art subsidy business. And we shouldn't even be thinking about spending hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate a dilapidated racetrack for even more absurd for, you know, one horse race a year, essentially to keep. Um, we just got to say, look, you know, times move. Times marched on. We need this somewhere. We need these resources elsewhere. And I get it. Or that- we need to cut taxes and get it back to people. And they can, you know, give money to the BSO if it's so important. And I get it. MPT an or whatever else. Or the, the little children's petting zoo that, that the localities want rather than having taxpayers pay for it all. To an extent, I understand that we are we are standing athwart history yelling stop on this stuff. And that the horse was well at, no pun intended, was right. well out of the barn long before we got no, involved. But this is freaking nuts. Right. It's just gross incompetence. I wouldn't even say incompetence, negligence. And I think the governor is, is is pushing back on this in a way that Democrats don't want to and wouldn't. And I think that's important. And and I think you have to understand this broader context. I mean, when Democrats say, Oh man, we can't it's it's, it's pennies it's pennies a year for to, to support a world class symphony orchestra. Well, but it does that's the beginning. It doesn't end there. Right. And it shouldn't we shouldn't even be talking if you want to give money Give money to the BSO. Like you say, they have a private endowment. They're a nonprofit. That's what should fund them. Not If you want a stroke of a not, check, God love you. Yeah. Do it. Do it, man. Or we don't have one, and life goes on, you know? And your kid can watch Sesame Street. You can subscribe to HBO, and you're, you're going to get Sesame Street. <laughs> I, I really am at a loss to understand why we're still, in 2019, subsidizing public broadcasting. Uh, that can go to a nonprofit model. Take all the tax dollars out of it, and it will it will go on. Trust me, it will. Cool. Um, I would like to, to announce, by the way, I can say this now. Um, I wish you would announce that, it. Uh, we are currently scheduled to have the newly, soon-to-be-appointed executive director of the Maryland Republican Party, Corinne Frank, on the show next week. Okay. Oh, well, we'll look forward to talking to her. Greg, next week, uh, also has told me we're going to... We're going to talk about leadership and Arundel and other type of organizations. So stay tuned for that. We're going to have some fun next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to set aside some time for that. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have. We're going to talk about that. We're almost certainly next week going to be talking about redistricting. I, I almost guarantee. I have a feeling we'll have. A we're talking redistricting next week, and uh, whatever the hell else comes up during the week. Um, 
Yeah, it may be an even longer, more convoluted decision than what we got today on the Peace Cross. So that's my prediction, by the way. How many? Oh, was it five opinions? Is that what it was? Remind me again. Um, it was a lot of opinions. Yeah, it was like so and so confer in parts two A, two B, three C. It's. I mean, it's I know that I know that opinions are like. Well, you know. I mean, when but... the head notes are ten pages, that's a bad sign. <laughs> but we got the decision we wanted. So there's that. It's a good result. It's a good result. And it's going to be a lot of litigation in the future. Agreed. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this week's show. I know it was a bit of a – we meandered a bit, a little away from what we were planning on doing, but that's okay. A lot of breaking news, a lot of important stuff that we needed to talk about. That's important. That's why we're here. That's why we do the show live. That's right. If we had taped this show yesterday, it would already be out of date. You know what I mean? We do the show live. so that. But if you're listening to this tomorrow or three days later, it's still relevant. Right, but my point being is that when it is released, it is timely. That's my point. You know what I'm trying to say. I know, Very and you're not understanding that most people still listen to this on podcast, so saying that it's got an Very expiration date is not something you ought to be saying. This is great. All of our stuff is great. There is stuff that we talked about six, seven years ago that's still relevant today. Yes. Very relevant. Yes. And you won't miss any of it if you subscribe That's right. to the Red Maryland Network on iTunes, Stitcher, Stitcher, I'm sorry, Apple Podcast. iTunes is dead. Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spreaker. I mean, Apple Podcast, wherever you get, Stitcher, wherever you get your damn podcast. That's right. Subscribe. We're, We're of course, on um, redmaryland.com. Again, is the home base for all things Red Maryland. So That's be right. sure that uh, be sure that you are, are checking us out there. A um, lot of great stories this week. Uh, it's been a busy week, actually, over at the flagship. Yeah, Lots a lot of good on. stuff. So. Uh, please, couple great articles if you if you didn't catch them from Professor Vats to check those out. Yeah, couple great articles from me too. Greg, where's your article? Uh, great articles from Professor Vats. You want to check that out? Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm too busy on my yacht. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Much like you were too busy to be. Never mind. Um, you actually told the story the other day. By the way, it is on Google Play. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, it is on Google Play. I did yeah. tell the story the other day about how you did not complete Stitcher tasks, how you did not uh, you did not follow through with tasks. I, I'm sorry. What, what is the context? I know the story you're talking about. Yeah, I was just I had to explain that to somebody the other day as to why that name was familiar to somebody, and I so I told that story. Yes. Well, there there was a person years ago who did not know me, who thought they were very influential and really. Had been a Republican for like a nanosecond, certainly compared to what I had been. I was running for state party chair. That's and, a great episode too. You should go and back. I and had to, to that try one. and and I was trying to introduce myself and ingratiate myself to this person. And she wrote an email to the Central Committee here in Anne Arundel County saying that they should not vote for me; they should vote for somebody else because she misspelled my name. And then, and I still have the email. And then said that uh, she's heard too many times that I don't follow through on tasks. And, of course, the members of the Central Committee who've known me for 20 years and know all the stuff that I've done found it hysterical and wanted to make sure I had a copy of the email. And uh, when I asked this person years later, what do you, what were you talking about? They insist that no such email ever existed. They never sent it. They don't know. And to this day, they deny that ever happened. So whatever. So I don't know what task I didn't follow through on or what this person was thinking who said they didn't even know who I was, but... Yeah, it was a that that entire that entire campaign was interesting. I'm not sure that that's the word you would use for it. Yeah, 
well, this person got mad at me because they were running for central committee. And I told that story and said, maybe this isn't the kind of person we have on central committee. And they really have had an ax to grind with me ever since. And then, and I, and they're like, well, can we clear the air at some point? And I'm like, yeah, just admit that you did it. I, like, I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I have the email, so whatever. Anyway, I just want to know what task they heard. I didn't follow through on. Yeah. Cause I had no idea what they were talking about. So. Yeah, to this day, we have no idea the genesis of that comment. And Red if they Maryland, couldn't spell my name right, how would they know what kind of task I followed? Up? RedMaryland.com, again, the home base for all things Red Maryland. Hey, we're on uh, we're on Facebook. I mean, they wanted to vote for Collins Bailey, so that tells you how that work much out. judgment they have. Facebook.com slash RedMaryland. We are on Twitter at RedMaryland. We are on right. Instagram at RedMaryland. Hey, like us. Yes. Share our stuff with yes. your friends, tell family, us that, neighbors, tell us colleagues, co-workers, co-religious, in-laws, outlaws. That's right. Tell us about the task we have not followed through on. Um, share them into your Facebook groups. Yes. Invite your, like I said, invite everybody to like us, share it with us. You know, look, you are the force multiplier. You help us spread the word of Red Maryland. That is how we grow and continue to fight back against these nincompoops. In the Democratic Party. That's right. Um, I'd also be remiss to coup. Please, in, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash redmaryland. Yes. Invite your friends, to families, neighbors, colleagues, coworkers, co-religionists, in-laws, outlaws, etc. Buck a month will go a long way. And you get all this great content that we're putting together. Right. Them. We're going to talk about stuff that we can't talk about on this show. Yeah. I'll, I'll, on that podcast, we'll mention names. When we talk about that, I'll give you the name of that person. Right. I'll read you the email. <laughs> I'll show you the email when we do that podcast. Um, so please, you know, support us in. That'll in, be a three-parter. That manner. I thought you said we were never talking about that in long form again. Well, I mean, if we get enough people on Patreon, I'll talk about it. Follow the money, folks. <laughs> Actually, we'll follow the money. <laughs> but you are gonna wanna you are gonna wanna 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 subscribe so that you get the inside story of, of Red Maryland sure. at the Baltimore Sun. The inside oh, yeah. story we'll of name names on that too. The inside story of some of our famous beefs. Yeah. They say don't speak ill of the dead. That rule will be suspended. Yes. Indeed. But you gotta be a patron. But you gotta to pay. Yeah, you gotta pay to Piper. Okay. Red Mar- patreon.com slash Red Maryland. Hey, Contact us at any time. RedMaryland at gmail.com. That's our email address. Correct. Call or text 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. We, we'd love to hear from you. And we will feature your comments in a future Red Maryland Network yeah. program. And as Greg insists, and it's totally true. The more negative, the better. Yes. That doesn't mean we won't give you a hard time. Yeah. It doesn't mean we, that we're we going to- push back- we, that we're going to gleefully accept your criticism, but we love the negative feedback. Right. Like and as two, I mentioned last week, if we don't get negative feedback, we'll get no feedback at all. When two dozen people show up you yes. know, to like protest us at yes. a meeting to tell us how unimportant we are, that yes. they rearrange their entire schedules to come protest us. Yes. When former, Into my veins. When former elected officials have pages and pages of notes that they want to ask us about. Right. None uh, of them were they, happy at the end of the day. So we've written. But this is this is as good as, you know, the positive. And we get that, too. And we appreciate that, too. Lots but, of positive. But, uh, you know, it's it's a story. To, you know, Governor Hogan telling us what a great job we're doing is very nice. But Mike Miller telling us that we're the devil. that we're from the devil is much more rewarding. 
And we've had both. And so we feel that same way with all of the people. That is up there, top five moments in Red Maryland history, as we have talked about in the past. Top three, at least. Yeah, probably that, the Governor uh, Governor Hogan winning in 2014. Sure. And, uh, well, you're talking about moments, but, I mean, that's a video clip. I mean, when yeah. when we put together the video reel, which I am planning on putting together for our leadership oh. conference, our pre-roll oh. for next year's leadership conference, that video will be part of it. Fantastic. Yeah. Us on TV, which, you know, is a mixed bag. Uh, but that that video I've not been on down. TV in like almost 10 years. Well, we've ironically, you know who I was on TV with that day? No, I don't. Barry Raskafar. There you go. <laughs> but we can do that. We can have, you know, we can have that. Yeah, we can we can do that. And that's something else we can put up for our patron subscribers as well. People come to leadership conference. Just kind of a, you know, plenty of us on radio. Brian with a with a younger Brian Griffiths on TV. I, I'd but like to see it, what I that look looks the like. Same. Do you? Oh yeah. Hairlines the same place. Good. Good yeah. for you. Hairlines the Good same. Good for you. I showed I showed I showed the wife a clip of that one time, and then all of a sudden she's like, on complaining on Twitter. My husband never ages. Okay. Well, that she's a good one. You got a good one there. <laughs> Second time's a charm. See, I would have never gone there. Oh, I would. I have no problem saying I would have that. never gone there. That's all right. No problems. Hey, look, you know, the truth is what the truth is. Sadly, I have, I've gotten grayer, but not much else has changed. I don't know if that's good Well, or you bad. got a beard now. That's true. That's true. Did you have the beard when you were on? I never had a beard before I grew it a couple years ago. No, I mean when you were on MPT a couple years ago. I did. Yes, I okay, did. So and I have that, that video, so that video will be on there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a lot of video, like original Red Maryland video. From we like need to gather all of that we have. I don't think we have much at all from it, before the not, time that we started doing this show. Look, like on Facebook. I didn't say it was going to be a long pre-roll. Right. I'm saying it's, it would be part of it. At okay? least there's no video of me having to sing the national anthem at the conference last year. Right. That was the thing that had to happen. Yes. I we're going we're gonna to figure that out. Oh, I, I figured it out. I know what happened. Oh, what happened? Okay. Oh, we can talk about it. Yeah, right. Let's finish matter. the show. Let's wrap up the show. Nobody's listening at this point. <laughs> That's not true. That's very clearly not true. Um, what are these guys even talking? This is a show? People listen to this? Show. Yeah, people listen to this. Not really. But no. anyway. At this point, no. <laughs> but you know, hey, if you want to make it better, patreon.com. Okay. All right. It'll help. It'll help. Okay. <laughs> Greg, any final thoughts? Uh, thanks, everybody, for participating in our June poll. Uh, we appreciate that. We have another great show next week and we hope you will uh, check it out again a lot of great stuff at redmaryland.com if you missed it check it out and uh share it let us know what you think for everybody here at the network thank you very much for listening for greg klein i am brian griffiths you have been listening to red maryland radio on the red maryland network oh radio tell me everything you know